to uh, go to a show and wear a mask. That uh, fits my personality. <laughs> Not that I'm a crook or a robber, but it's good to just walk around and, and circulate. And uh, like I said, it levels the playing field. You walk up to a table and you're just a collector. So it was a lot of fun. I mentioned that uh, I think it was pretty equivalent to the first national 40 years ago. Sure. A lot of uh, dealers from around the country, a lot of collectors and buyers from around the country. I, I thought Kyle did an excellent job. The aspect of the virtual shows that's good, I think, is that there there right. are more seminars or more speaking. It's not all exclusively buy and sell. I think it brings in some of the social element. Not as good as face-to-face -face in person, but still face-to-face. -face. For higher-end stuff, I think there's an opportunity to transact and show your stuff. But lower price cards, it, it probably doesn't work there. The whole point of shows is the dealers go because it's worth it. The collectors and uh, buyers go because it's worth it. And it's worth it because they can have a good experience, which might in me involve buying and selling and also having a good time. And it's to Brian's point, being safe. If the uh, Waters Creek show from uh, a little while ago turns out to be a super spreader event, boy, that'd be terrible. But I, I don't think it was. I, actually, I think you're safer in the card show than you are at an airport. I talked to Kyle uh, Robertson, the promoter, and I, I think he's He's riding a wave. Not yeah. only are these shows successful, it used to be if you were the only game in town or the biggest in town, but <laughs> he's the only game in the country right now. And so right. people are, are coming here and Texas does things their own way. Yeah, he's got another scheduled show for January 29th to the 31st. And then I, I think increasing the frequency, Dallas is a strong city. So I'm excited about it. And I, I feel like people are going to choose to come as dealers or collectors if they feel it's safe. If they don't, they won't. One of the best aspects of breaking is when you break by team and you get your team. And if I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan and mm -hmm. I get a, a break position for, for Mavericks out of some of the basketball products, that would be fun for me because I don't know which one's going to hit. The point's well taken that basically we just don't know who's going to emerge. And it's partly because of the COVID. But then there's this over-reliance on wingspan and yeah. uh, physical attributes and points per game in levels of competition that aren't tournament tested. I want to know who the money players are. And people think uh, Lucas snuck up on people, but he was a money player from yeah. any, when he was a teenager. He wanted the ball in his hands in the pressure moments. Who are those guys, even the guys that went to Australia or went to other places, who are the guys that want to take charge in crunch time? And without the tournament, you didn't see that. But they're going to get a chance in the NBA, and somebody will be a big surprise. I'm not uh, the Panini guys uh, uh, putting the product together and the cost, but when it gets amped up too high, that's it's really not healthy. So we're talking yeah. about the basketball situation. If the rookie crop is not considered to be sterling at this point, if that slows people down, that's a good thing. No offense to Panini. People say, hey, I'm going to wait, or I'm just not ready to pay that. There are so many alternatives in other companies. Leaf yeah. Upper Deck, Tops, all these other card companies are putting out excellent products. Mm -hmm. And if you got 2000 bucks. You, you get to decide what you want to spend it on. And nobody's forcing you to buy anything. Clearly, the price of cards has some correlation to the highlights of the player and how often they're featured, whether or not they're somebody's favorite player. And a, a great defensive player could be somebody's favorite player and could be on TV a lot with highlights. And if they get microphones stuck in their face and they have an interesting personality, they're going to have a following. And once they have a following, people are going to chase their cards. It's just that quarterbacks are the only ones that have the ball on every offensive play. Yep. And, and it's a pass-happy league now. And I have no problem with quarterbacks getting most of the action, but I think it's a healthy trend. If your favorite players are running back, collect them. And, and a, a right. few months ago, they appeared cheap. Now mm -hmm. there's been a creep up. And it's the same thing with basketball. 
is it wrong to collect the second best player on the team? <laughs> I'm a little bit of a contrarian. If everybody goes for number one, then there's going to be a big drop off for number two. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking for the greatest of all time. I'm looking for the second greatest of all time or the third or the fourth. But they have to have a following. They have to have some other people that say, I really want to collect this person's cards. And Brian, you're doing that in your products. You span the world yeah. of celebrities, sports, everything over your lifetime in Leaf. You're looking for somebody that has a following. You don't care what position they play. In some cases, it didn't even matter what sport. They had a following. They had popularity. And somebody said, I want this guy's or gal's card. Brian, you're the exception because you're knowledgeable and Mm -hmm. dispassionate. And you've got uh, deep pockets compared to you have a business sense. That's a powerful combination. That's a recipe for success. If you're too passionate and too emotional, you get carried away on DK Metcalf. If anything, right. DK Metcalf may be overpriced compared to these other guys as opposed mm-hmm. to the others look like bargains. The other aspect, Brian, just to throw another accolade your way, even though you have your own company, you're seeing the value of the brand that you're not just indiscriminately buying players. You're knowledgeable about the players, but you're also knowledgeable about the production quantities, values, and mm-hmm. uh, appeal of these other products from your competitors. The hobby is dynamic. If there's nothing to complain about, or to be frustrated about, that's a bad thing. So a lot of it is complaining about how demand is too high. (laughs) Supply is not enough. So those are the better problems to have. So I'm very bullish on the hobby. At the same time, we could have a a product that would be a flop, a player that would be a flop, and still the hobby could be very healthy. In fact, there have to be winners and losers. But there are way more winners than losers lately, and uh, I hope there's more winners than losers going forward.